This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, an unexpected development in New Zealand. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is stepping down. A vote to elect her party's next leader will be held on Sunday. Migrants seeking asylum began entering the U.S. with a mobile app yesterday, but can it keep up with demand? An all-you-can-eat buffet of personal financial data. That's what Senator Ron Wyden is calling the government surveillance program he's investigating. Now he's asking the Justice Department to step in. And British actor Julian Sands is, has been missing in the mountains of Southern California since last Friday. We have more on the ongoing search. And one company is celebrating the return of a famous pizza by commemorating it with a world record attempt. Will it be the world's largest pizza? We take a look. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good morning. Today is Thursday, January 19th. We begin the show with Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern. She's resigning. She announced yesterday that she will be stepping down next month. NTD's Daniel Monaghan has more on her decision. I will not be seeking re-election. Ardern made the surprise announcement at her Labour Party's annual caucus meeting. I know what this job takes. And I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. Her resignation comes a month after a hot mic incident. She was caught using profane language in reference to opposition leader David Seymour after Seymour asked if she could, quote, give an example of her making a mistake, apologizing for it properly and fixing it. This has been the most fulfilling five and a half years of my life, but it has also had its challenges. Ardern's initial election made a big splash on the global stage because of her gender and youth, coining the phrase Jacinda mania. That will help us to build a future New Zealand can be proud of. The Prime Minister faced several crises during her tenure. I leave behind a belief that you can be kind but strong. The attack on two mosques in Christchurch in which 51 people were killed and the COVID-19 pandemic with the Prime Minister adopting some of the world's harshest measures. Ardern's government also passed abortion legislation in 2020. The changes removed medical and legal requirements for an abortion before 20 weeks. The new law also permits abortions after 20 weeks if two health practitioners agree. A vote to elect the next Labour leader will be held on Sunday, with a general election scheduled for the 14th of October. There is no clear successor at this time. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. And over in France, disgruntled workers are taking to the streets today to protest suggested changes to pension rules. The changes would push back the retirement age for, from 62 to 64 and require workers to have worked for at least 43 years to be entitled to full pension. More than 200 rallies are expected across the nation. A large one is taking place in Paris with all of France's major unions. Many trains were cancelled along with about 20% of outbound 
around flights from Paris's Orly Airport. Now, airlines are warning of delays. Electricity workers pledge to reduce power supplies as a form of protest. A majority of preschool and primary school teachers refuse to work. And President Emmanuel Macron says the changes are the only way to make sure the system doesn't break down. The French government is formally presenting the pension bill on Monday. It heads to Parliament next month. Migrants began entering the U.S. with the mobile app CBP-1 yesterday. The app is used as a screening step for appointments to request asylum. It's meant to facilitate the process, reduce risks, and discourage illegal crossings. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the first day of entries using the app. The CBP-1 app allows migrants to enter their personal information and a photo to book appointments for asylum requests in the U.S. It was activated for pre-screening last week. Appointments can be booked at one of eight ports of entry in Texas, Arizona, and California. I came to help my family with this opportunity given to us by the U.S. if we are allowed to enter. I got into the system and here I am. Mexican officials and migrants say the demand is so high, the app is now telling applicants it's run out of appointments. Others say the app only had appointments available far from where they currently were. The only available one was Tijuana, so I have to go back there on the 25th. It's complicated. I don't have money and now I have to walk so I can arrive on the date I have to be there. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says the app is designed to discourage people from congregating near the border and creating unsafe conditions. Since April, I've been trying to get here. I feel very excited. I'm waiting for the best to be able to enter in a legal manner. Some migrant advocacy groups want the U.S. to provide more appointments to reduce risks. Mexican authorities found over 250 migrants traveling inside a tractor trailer in the southern state of Chiapas on Wednesday. They were given food, water, legal advice, and medical and psychological care before being put under the custody of the National Migration Institute. Authorities say most were from Guatemala, others were from El Salvador, Ecuador, and Honduras. Twenty were unaccompanied minors. The man driving the tractor trailer was arrested after trying to escape and handed over to federal authorities. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. The U.S. government has a surveillance program with a database of over 150 million money transfers. It tracks transfers over $500 between people in the U.S. and recipients in over 20 other countries. This according to internal documents and an investigation by Senator Ron Wyden. This surveillance program is located at the Transaction Record Analysis Center, or TRAC for short. It was set up by Arizona's Attorney General in 2014. Its purpose was to fight drug and human trafficking between Mexico and the U.S. The program started out small, but has expanded since then. And now hundreds of agencies have access to the database. This includes federal agencies like the FBI, the DEA, and ICE. Even state and local law enforcement agencies can get access to it, and all without court oversight. The data is collected from money transfer firms like MoneyGram, Western Union, and RIA. Millions of people use these services to transfer money. Senator Wyden says the program is federally funded and wants the Justice Department to investigate. He called it an all-you-can-eat buffet of Americans' personal financial data, bypassing normal protections for privacy. Right. Track's director says that the program stops drug cartels from laundering money. He says it has directly resulted in hundreds of leads and busts and helps find patterns in the flow of money linked to criminal activity. 
angry customers vented on social media yesterday about problems with their Bank of America and Zelle accounts. Some users said money vanished from their accounts. They complained about a lack of information from either company about what went wrong. Zelle is a payment platform that millions of people use to send and receive money. The company says the problem is on Bank of America's side. According to an NPR report, one user shared that Bank of America had magically disappeared a large Zelle transaction that they had already used to pay bills. The user said their checking account was now in debt and they couldn't get a hold of anyone to help them, while another user said he was missing $1,300. He was told to call customer service, but said customer service wasn't assisting him. Bank of America says the problem has now been resolved. And in other news, a U.S. congressman has been injured in an accident at his Florida home. The Office of Representative Greg Stubbe reported on Twitter that the Florida Republican sustained several injuries in an accident Wednesday. Stubbe gained national attention last summer after he displayed an array of guns while appearing remotely with the House Judiciary Committee. When Democratic colleagues criticized the move, Stubbe argued he displayed the guns while he was at home. Stubbe's office has not released any more details about the accident, nor the extent of Stubbe's injuries. Florida Politics is reporting that the congressman fell off the roof of his Sarasota County home while doing routine maintenance. Stubbe represents Florida's 17th Congressional District and was recently selected to serve on the House Ways and Means Committee. The congressman's office posted on Twitter asking for prayers for him and his family. If former President Trump were to go head-to-head with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in a run for president, who would win? A new poll suggests it would be Trump. The poll from the Morning Consult released yesterday had Trump up by 17 points. Trump came in at 48 percent. DeSantis had 31 percent. Trump's favorability rating in the poll has improved over the last month. It's now up to 77 percent. Close to 7 in 10 hold a favorable view of DeSantis. Other polls since the midterms have DeSantis a lot closer to Trump. Some even have him in the lead. DeSantis has not announced a presidential run yet. The world's most famous arena is under fire for using facial recognition technology to kick out some people it didn't like. State lawmakers say it's problematic because it's discriminatory and could hurt free speech. And Denise Sean Marshall has more. Madison Square Garden Entertainment, owner of the famous arena, used facial recognition technology to have some lawyers removed from the garden and Radio City Music Hall. They did so because of the attorney's involvement in lawsuits against MSG venues. A number of legislators and privacy advocates rallied outside MSG on Sunday to demand the company immediately stop what they called the inappropriate use of the technology on fans. What does the public think about facial recognition tech being used in Madison Square Garden? So honestly, if the lawyers want to do something like on their personal time, just like go see like a concert, I don't really think that's, I think maybe let them be. It's kind of hard to separate work and pleasure and Madison Square Garden doing that, I feel like is a bit like they're kind of drawing the line somewhat unfairly. Uh, I think that's my opinion on it. But you know, in, in some aspects, I do see how they maybe want to stop like people who are filing lawsuits against Madison Square Garden because you never know their intentions. The coalition against the use of the cameras said venues should not have the power to weaponize facial recognition to discriminate against patrons and steal their personal information. 
MSG Entertainment released a statement saying, Facial recognition technology is a useful tool widely used throughout the country, including the sports and entertainment industry, retail locations, casinos, and airports to protect the safety of the people that visit and work at those locations. Sean Marshall, NTD News. British actor Julian Sands has gone missing in the mountains of Southern California, authorities confirmed Wednesday. Sands was reported missing by his wife on Friday evening in the Mount Baldy area. It's a popular destination for skiers, climbers, and hikers about 50 miles northeast of Los Angeles. Ground teams immediately launched a search for the actor. His car was found in the area. But the sheriff's department said the effort was called off about 24 hours later due to severe weather on the mountains. Air resources have been limited. Authorities plan to resume ground search once conditions allow. Sands has appeared in dozens of films and TV shows since the 1980s. He is known for his roles in the films A Room with a View and Warlock. Born in England, the 65-year-old actor moved to California in the 1980s. And coming up, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin says the Ford plant proposal he turned down would serve as a front for the Chinese Communist Party. That's due to Ford's Chinese partner. And we take a look at a delicious world record attempt. Los Angeles is host to what may just be the world's largest pizza. But how big is it? We'll find out after the break. Welcome back. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin is responding to criticism over his decision not to compete for a Ford battery plant. He says the plant proposal would serve as a front for the Chinese Communist Party. Youngkin believes the deal could compromise Virginians' economic security and personal privacy. Ford's partner is the China-based Contemporary Amperex Technology. Their agreement to supply batteries for Ford's electric vehicles would qualify them to receive lucrative production tax benefits. This under the new Inflation Reduction Act. In August 2022, 16 Republicans on the House Oversight Committee warned about the Chinese firm. They say it's influential within the Chinese regime. Democrats say the $3.5 billion factory would have created over 2,500 jobs in Southern Virginia. They also question whether the national security concern over Ford's China-based partner is legitimate. The Chinese battery company has nine billionaires on the Forbes billionaires list. Now that's more than any other publicly traded company. Youngkin said that the risks related to the CCP are common sense. He called the CCP, quote, a dictatorial political party that has only one goal, global dominance at the expense of the United States. U.S. authorities are going after the crypto crime ecosystem. On Tuesday, they arrested a China-based crypto executive in Miami on suspicion of money laundering. Antony Legutimov is a Russian national living in China. He's the founder and majority shareholder of crypto exchange Bitslato. A top DOJ official says the founder operated Bitslato as a high-tech financial hub that, in his own words, catered to known crooks. Bitslato facilitated the transmission of hundreds of millions of dollars in illicit funds, fueling darknet marketplaces, and laundering the proceeds of ransomware attacks. Bitslato allegedly exchanged more than $700 million in illicit funds with Hydra and received $15 million in ransomware proceeds. U.S. and German authorities shut Hydra down last year. Prosecutors say Bitslato's founder managed the exchange in the U.S., 
at least for some time. If he's convicted, he faces up to five years in prison. The U.S. Coast Guard says it is tracking a suspected Russian spy ship off the coast of Hawaii. The agency has been monitoring the Russian vessel for a few weeks and is now saying that it believes it is an intelligence-gathering ship. It noted that this is not unusual as many vessels freely pass through this zone, but it is tracking the situation closely. The Coast Guard says that it continues to coordinate with its Department of Defense partners, providing detailed updates. And going over to Asia now, Hong Kong is set to remove mandatory quarantines for COVID infections at the end of this month. Starting January 30th, people who are infected with the CCP virus in Hong Kong will no longer have to quarantine. But the city says the mask mandate will continue this winter. The move is part of a decision to follow Beijing's steps to downgrade COVID-19 status and an attempt to revive its economy. In Australia, coal miners in some states will be required to allocate up to 10% of coal production for the domestic market. Officials say it's part of an effort to cap soaring energy prices. The Australian government passed legislation last month to cap natural gas prices for one year. Queensland and New South Wales were among the states that entered agreements to cap the price of coal sold to power plants. According to New South Wales officials, this would also apply to those coal miners who do not currently sell into the domestic market. They will be required to reserve between 7 and 10 percent of their output for domestic use. Party City filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection on Tuesday, making it the latest casualty in the U.S. retail industry. That's as persistently high inflation takes a toll on consumer spending. Party City's fortunes have dwindled since the COVID-19 pandemic. The retailer wrestled with slowing sales due to lockdowns and store closures. Inventory shortages and tight supplies of helium due to global supply chain disruptions all took a toll. The company operates more than 800 company-owned and franchise stores throughout North America and also battled higher freight, labor, and raw materials costs. Party City's stock fell as much as 57% on January 6th after the Wall Street Journal reported that the company could file for bankruptcy within weeks. Now, Twitter said on Wednesday it would price its Twitter Blue subscription for Android at $11 per month. And that's the same for iOS subscribers. At the same time, it offers a cheaper annual plan for web users when compared to monthly charges. Other subscription-based services also follow this pricing structure as well. Due to the mobile app store's fees on in-app purchases, many services resort to raising their prices on iOS and Android to counteract the issue. Now, that's to say, if I were to apply for my service subscriptions through their website directly, I could get a potential discount compared to prices listed on my phone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you might just be surprised how much you could lower your monthly bill that way. Now to Los Angeles. The city is host to a delicious kind of world record. Pizza Hut is celebrating the return of their New Yorker pizza. It's commemorating the event by making what may be the world's largest pizza. But will it be? Let's take a look. Here's NTD's Cost Temines. Pizza Hut has set out to break the record for the world's largest pizza. Yeah, we're here at the Los Angeles Convention Center and we're breaking a world record for the world's largest pizza today. And we're doing that to celebrate the return of the Big New Yorker, which is our largest pizza. So we wanted to make the world's largest pizza to celebrate it. The Mega Pizza has a surface area of over 14,000 square feet. It's made with over 13,500 pounds of dough 
nearly 5,000 pounds of pizza sauce, over 8,800 pounds of cheese, and over 630,000 slices of pepperoni. Pizza Hut president David Graves says he and his team have been preparing and planning how to make the pizza for months. You know, Pizza Hut has a history of making first, right? We were the first to deliver a pizza. We are the first to take an order over the internet. We've always done big, exciting things. The pizza was made using rectangular slices of pizza dough, which were laid next to each other to form the base. Pizza sauce was then painted onto the dough before adding cheese and pepperoni. The pizza was then cooked by a cooking device hovering over it. None of the pizza will go to waste either. It will produce around 68,000 slices, which will be donated to food banks and local charities. Cost MNS, NTD News. Up next, gentle sea mammals, also known as sea cows or manatees in Florida, are dying in alarming rates. We have that story and more after the break. Welcome back. Florida is known for their sea cows or manatees, but experts say these gentle sea mammals are dying at an alarming rate. Here's a story. Manatees are dying at an alarming rate in Florida. Scientists say many have died of starvation as their main food staple, seagrass, disappears in the state's panhandle region. We knew uh, when we first began studying manatees that um, they had serious threats. Biologist James Buddy Powell says out of an estimated population of 6,000 to 7,000 manatees in Florida, up to 1,000 died in 2022 alone. So you'll have thousands of manatees in this area, which they come sort of expecting, you know, where's the buffet? And they arrive and it's not there. And so they have been um, starving and dying as a consequence of that starvation, but also um, other health concerns that are associated with malnutrition. While the gentle sea mammals are a protected species in Florida, their environment is not. Their staple seagrass is being killed off primarily by water pollution, some get injured by boats, and toxic algal bloom has been growing in their habitats. Once you go further south on the west coast, um, we have these red tide events that occur periodically. And it's a toxic algae, and manatees can actually succumb to this toxin by either breathing it in right at the air-water interface, or actually if the algae um, dies and sinks to the bottom on the seagrass that they're feeding it, they're ingesting it um, indirectly. But it's not all bad news. Non-profit organization Sea and Shoreline has been growing seagrass in the manatee sanctuary of Crystal River. Seagrass biologist Jessica Maliez explains. We have fully completed about 80 acres thus far, and it's been so successful that the 80 acres of grass that we've planted has actually expanded to over 250 acres. In May 2022, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis earmarked more than $30 million to expand and enhance manatee rescue. So the recent executive order by Governor DeSantis um, is monumental. I think it's going to make a, a big difference in terms of trying to restore um, our coastal ecosystems. But it's, unfortunately, it's reactive. We can't take our foot off the gas. 
uh, we're going to have to remain diligent to make sure that we're putting into protections, we're creating wild space for them, and also trying to make sure that you know, we can live with them and they can live with us. Now to California, where San Diego football fans and puppy fans can unite to cheer on two puppies. The Furry Brothers made it to this year's Animal Planet Puppy Bowl. San Diego's Helen Woodward Animal Center sent the two brothers to the 19th annual Puppy Bowl. They will compete for the Lombarki Trophy for Team Fluff on February 12th. Carlos and Crockett are dachshund blends with, quote, distinctly unique looks, but both of their gameplay is equally on point. The annual Puppy Bowl features two teams of adorable puppies representing rescues and shelters from across the country. The Woodward Center first joined the Puppy Bowl in 2019. Last year, the center had three competitors in the big game. Oh, look at those faces, adorable. And so far, you know, you might know this, but the Puppy Bowl had a adoption rate of 100%. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear the show is doing its job perfectly. Exactly. I'm sure they will find those brothers, they will find their home too. Yes. All right, that's it for today. On that note, write us at goodmorning at ntd.com. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.